0: Hey, she slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslik. If does that sound pre-recorded now? Like, do you think people think that that's just like a little intro thing? Kirby's mm. here, by the way.
1: Yeah, I'm here. I don't. I don't think so. I think you probably. Oh uh, no, you don't really mix it up. It's, no, I really it's don't. Usually the exact same, but that's fine. I think people are used to that. I think <laughs>
0: you know what I was about to do. I was about to say like, hey, she freakers and like make a joke that but that I was reminded that my stepdad this this weekend let me know he thinks I'm doing a really great job but hey you can say freak and it gets the same freaking is this gets the same response as the f word
1: it really doesn't though
0: I know it is just so funny I'm so glad you came to my defense first of all I don't use that word frivolously
1: No, because we were listening to a bunch of comedy because we had a long car drive this weekend. And I did notice that some comedians overuse it and it does get distracting Mm -hmm. when you overuse it. But like if you are telling a big story or a funny story and you don't and you use like intentionally use like freaking or frickin' It doesn't have the same punch.
0: I think I would get distracted if somebody said freaking, I'd be like, "Hmm, do you have a swear jar at home? Um, I can honestly say that when I swear, um, okay. So like shit and crap that comes out a little Mm -hmm. more like, but even when that comes out, I like, know, like, Oh, you just, you just cursed. Like there's a little thing in my head. When I say the F word, it is not like I plan on using it. It is like, I must use that for emphasis. It is the only option. It is like in the seconds that have happened before I've completed this sentence, my brain has weighed the pros and cons of dropping the F bomb. Like, will I lose points in heaven? If I use this, are there children listening to the podcast? And my brain goes, no, there is no other word. I must. Um, speaking of that though,
1: Heaven okay. points? How are your heaven points? Oh. You have to like, is it like credit score where it goes like up and down? Absolutely. You got to keep it above 800? Yeah. That's how it works? Uh-huh. Okay,
0: cool. yep. that, if there's anything I've learned. Yeah, that's an Enneagram threes approach to life. Um, but when I was reading through paperwork yesterday about being a speaker at Mile High, mm-hmm. which, okay, so this releases Sunday.
1: It will uh, have just happened. I will have
0: already happened. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, wish me luck in the past.
1: You know that they've done studies with prayer and the outcome of people's health and retroactively they had people pray for someone that they like didn't know. They just gave them like some basic information and they had them pray for someone and it was a controlled test where they prayed for people in the past and it had an effect.
0: Okay. I have so many thoughts on this. First of all, they had money to do that study, but chiropractic doesn't have enough money to do a study that it can freaking... Help with your infections. See more money,
1: religion, or chiropractic.
0: Valid. (laughs) Two. I don't know. That just makes me think that prayer is placebo. And I, Mm -hmm. yay. um,
1: The people didn't know they were being prayed for. I know they haven't in the past.
0: Okay. Uh, So just in case that actually works, everybody, we're going to take just one second and all collectively going to send Lauren good luck in the past. One, two, three. Good luck, Lauren. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Anyways. So I
1: pray for you in the future because I'm in the past with you now.
0: Okay, we I these there are <laughs> certain rabbit holes.
1: Episode of Tenant.
0: There are certain rabbit holes that if you know Kirby Brunswick, you do just you just don't engage because you know he is just waiting for someone to go down this. Want st- to
1: talk about time travel? No. You want to talk about multiverse?
0: No, it's not happening. Um. So can I? was reading the paperwork. Okay. And it says like, hey in some words some nice words like we, we don't don't swear and like be respectful of all races and religions and don't swear.
1: Mm, you're going to have to take that anti-Muslim joke out.
0: Oh my. He's <laughs> joking. He is joking. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. Um but no, I thought like ooh, I mean I wasn't planning on swearing. But Elise Rigney did say to me that it is a curse word friendly place. Yeah. I mean, so it's, now I'm just confused. Adults.
1: You're all adult. I I think they gotta have that in their paperwork and stuff, but like they don't want someone going up there being blatantly offensive or working really blue, but like everyone's working
0: adult. really blue?
1: Blue is like um off color humor. Oh. You ever heard that phrase? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh.
0: I mean, yeah, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole either because I don't want your explanation of what, off, I mean, I've listened to a lot of comedy with you mm-hmm. and it gets, I mean, Dave Chappelle and,
1: uh, yeah.
0: who, who did we just watch? David Tell? No, no, no. Oh, on Netflix.
1: Ricky Gervais? Yes.
0: Like, is that blue?
1: Um, it, it's controversial. I don't know if people will call it blue. Okay. I think like people who work blue are like people who are pretty filthy in their comedy. Oh, like sexually explicit mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, you you could have told that story a different way. Like you didn't need all that.
0: Yeah, 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 I get, I got it, I got it. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna get through this episode without scratching my thousand mosquito bites. Why are you so itchy, Laura? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so for Mother's Day, Kirby gave me just such a sweet gift. Um, a night alone in a tiny home, out on this lake. Uh, it's like a little Airbnb. I did wonder if I was going to get murdered. But um, it's funny because he gave it to me the weekend before Mile High. And he said, like, this way you'll be able to work on your speech. And when he gave it to me for Mother's Day, I kind of like, I mean, I wanted the night away no matter what. But in my brain, I was like, oh, God, if I need a night to work on my speech that close to the speech, huh, I'm in trouble.
1: But I know you better be than of you. <laughs>
0: So we, I can be honest because this is in the past and I already did well for my speech when people are listening, but yeah, no, I definitely, the week before the speech was like, I mean, I had it written ish, but like, Holy moly, I thought I had it written. And then I started practicing and changing anyway. So I needed a little break. So I decided to go for a little hike Um, it was 25 minutes, 25 minutes of pure freaking misery. Um, A lake girl, a beach girl, I am. Woods, no. So I'm like walking with this paper damn map and like trying not to get lost, consumed about the fact of like, oh, immediately I realized I didn't put bug spray on. It is Wisconsin in May. Which is funny
1: because you packed bug spray for Palm Springs where there weren't any bugs, but you didn't pack bug spray for the woods of Chautauqua, Wisconsin. I
0: know, but I also didn't pack a toothbrush.
1: Because you're gross.
0: Well, I knew I'd be home by like 10 and I could just brush my teeth when I got home. So anyway, so I forgot bug spray. Even if I would have packed it, I don't think I would have sprayed it. I just wouldn't have thought. So I'm walking. I'm immediately being attacked by bugs. Then I start hearing noises and I'm like, okay, um, I'm going to get murdered. This is in the middle of nowhere. And then I realize, like, when do bears come out? I'm like, oh, now. Bears come out of their den now with their babies. And the only people around in the woods are the ones that are going to murder me. So who's going to protect me from the bir- from the birds,
1: also birds. What if your murderer killed the bear and was like, Hey, that one's mine.
0: <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, it just, I have, um, not exaggerating close to about 50 plus mosquito bites on each leg. And then like, that's just each my leg. I have like five on my right hand that are just in, this is.
1: This Question is my- on your wood sphere being murdered. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with listening to hundreds of hours of women talking about being murdered?
0: Okay. Well, let's just be clear that the women aren't talking about their murder.
1: No, but they're talking about people being murdered.
0: No, I argue that you and I had this conversation a lot. We got to get to the episode at some point. Um, I, we have talked about, this is going to go semi bleak, but we won't go real there. Um, I have had a very, Intense awareness of my ability to be killed. Oh, here, let me say, let me phrase it this way, so I don't have to say the R word because there might be kids listening. Um, rape, not retard. God, <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure you knew where I was going with this.
1: Here's our episode title.
0: <laughs> um, no, so from, I would say I from very young i was very aware at my lack of power or strength in a situation against an adult male
1: mm.
0: um and have been very like all through high school my friend like very very aware at all times i mean it can be the middle of the day and i'm walking in a parking ramp and i am like don't talk focus on your surroundings um so no, I don't think it is the podcast because I have all, as long as I can remember, had an awareness about if I ran into a man, I yeah. would be screwed. I could not win. So, so no, I don't. So keep on listening to Morbid.
1: Me, nee. <laughs> I don't like that stuff in my head.
0: Okay, let's, let's move on.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, so we have a question that's prompting this one today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know when you got this. It was a while ago.
0: No. Yeah. I'm really great at respond. He keeps sending them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we'll try to do is we try to find experts, um, but we don't want to delay too long. So this is one that we oh, have experienced
0: experts are boring. So yeah. that's the other hard part is like, I've been on the receiving end. Nope. I don't want to say that. Um, I don't want to be on the receiving end of a bad guest. Mm -hmm. So I think I talked about this last time, you know, where it's just like, so this person, the question probably needs a nonprofit accountant, but so many questions are also like, well, per your state laws.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say is even if we had someone who answered all the questions for Wisconsin, you might be in New York or Texas or whatever, and the rules might be different. So you would always need to check with your local accountant, local lawyer. Um, and then there's just edge use cases that are going to be weird no matter what. So we'll, we'll talk through our process with this question, um, give all the information we have, but we'll caveat it right now. We are not attorneys. We are not licensed accountants. Um, take everything we say with a grain of salt, double check it. with If you are doing something people.
0: illegal, don't report me, but maybe just shoot me a DM like, hey, I live in Wisconsin. and uh, That's not cool, man. That's, that's not cool.
1: We're just starting out. So if we make mistakes, we can we can apologize. We can fix. We can do whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Question and then prayer or prayer and then question. What would you prefer? Let's do
1: question and then prayer so people have a setup for it. So. All right. So this. uh, Can I say the name? Is that fine?
0: I think so. All
1: right. This is from Donnie Beth Davis. Which
0: is a fun name.
1: I like it a lot. It feels like a southern name. Like the the middle name thing. Mm -hmm. Bobby Sue type thing. Um, All right. So, hello, I was recently listening to an episode of your podcast from last year, and you mentioned that you have a nonprofit to help cover costs of care for those who can't afford to. Is there somewhere I can look to find out more information about that? I'm in the process of trying to do the same thing, but I was told it couldn't be done because the nonprofit funds would be used for a for-profit business, and it was too intermixed. I was told I would need to do a separate office for the nonprofit. I would appreciate any resources or information on how you have your nonprofit organized and set up. Thank you.
0: Okay, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you before the prayer. Yeah. Because yeah. there's something that I didn't realize She, we need to talk about um, is just hardship cases, too. So that's like, because okay. there's two, yes, nonprofit, but also hardship. We do both in our clinic.
1: Yep, yep. So, that's true.
0: So can you remember that?
1: Yeah, let me type it in here. Eep, op, 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 op. This is in-between noise while I write. <laughs> Did that work? Yeah. Was Good everyone job. distracted? Good job. Okay. Hand ship. <laughs> <laughs> We're going
0: to get to it and be like, handship. <laughs> what does that mean?
1: You float your hand on the water <laughs> in the tub. Go. Okay. Dear God, thank you for bringing us together again. Thank you for all the people that we get to share this experience with. Um, be with our question writer today as she is trying to do something great and help her community, uh, be with everyone who just sees need and wants to help, um, help us to, to not be hard hearted towards the people around us because there is so much need help us to be wise in knowing where and how to help while still leaving something in our cup, um, Help us to emulate your spirit of giving and loving in your name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. So I can truly relate to this chick. Um, Oh my gosh. Can we just for a second remind me that I was talking about relating to her.
1: But
0: there's a group on Facebook that's very, there's a lot of women in it. I'm not going to name the group because most of the time it's extremely helpful. And I don't know if Facebook is just showing me, well, more than likely, I'm just getting the ones that gets like 70 comments. Mm-hmm. So this person wrote like, Hey guys, I got a question and goes on to read mm-hmm. or like write this question to this group. Now it's a women's chiropractic group. Mm-hmm. And I would say like 10 of the 70 comments were people just being insulted that this woman wrote, Hey guys. And I'm like, H-. like the, at one guys point, part. Hey guys, because she yeah. clearly was writing to, there's no guys in yeah. the group, which is that's. but, um, and yeah. And so like one out of seven of these comments were either like truly offended, like, excuse me, last time I checked, I am not a guy. This is an all women group. And then, like, somebody would be like, it may be that she's from a different part of the country where this is more acceptable, like Like saying, hey, y'all. And then somebody came in to defend, like, hey, y'all. And I'm just like, holy shit. So, anyways, I relate to this chick. Because I was like, I wonder, first of all, Beth is maybe a female, maybe not, I'm assuming. Um, But also, I wonder if she's offended that I called her a chick. But I just throw around those things, not trying to be offensive.
1: Well, I mean, I think people need to try and... Look at what the intent of the person saying the thing is versus like the actual literal thing they said. We're
0: not going to go down the rabbit hole. I realized that I opened the can of worms of pronouns and we're not going to do that.
1: No, No, no. So anyways. Live your life. Have your pronouns. You're good. Donnie back. We love you all.
0: Back to Donnie back. So I can relate because sometimes you're just a damn business owner going like, I want to give this away. Why can I not? Why are there stupid rules? And then people are like, well, you can, but if you do it wrong, you could get in trouble. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. So then you start asking like professionals, accountants Mm -hmm. and lawyers, and they don't tell you what you want to hear, which is just like, yeah, you're fine. Just do that. They're like, well, and then they, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in this, like I could get in more trouble, By doing this the wrong way by trying to be nice? And it is really, really frustrating. Yeah.
1: And I will say a thing that I've experienced with different accountants and lawyers, um, their job is to make sure you don't get in trouble, not necessarily be creative for you. Mm -hmm. So the questions you ask have to be pretty specific, because if you ask an accountant or an attorney, they're going to give you the way normally it's done, because that's got precedent. Mm -hmm. It's easily defendable. It's straightforward. So once they give you that answer, then you need to ask, okay, here's what I want to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Is there a way to do that? Or here I've thought of this solution already. Can you find a way that that would be explicitly wrong? Because you're going to be in some gray area at some point. I dealt with this as a school board president. We asked an attorney, paid them thousands of dollars. And they said, here's how everyone else does it. And we had to come back and go, we know how everyone else does it. Here's what we actually want. Is this possible? Mm-hmm. And they went, well, that's not normal. I said, I didn't ask if it was normal. I asked if it was possible. And then they went, well, yeah, technically, legally, yes. <laughs> and it was like, thanks. That and, was the question.
0: You know, you if you ask 10 chiropractors who are, you know, been in practice, you're going to get probably 10 different ways that you can help someone who can't afford care. Mm-hmm. So like. This really, I think, comes down to your state laws. Um, I have been told... And I
1: would assume insurance rules, oh too, because aren't there some insurances yeah. where you can cannot give away care?
0: Yes. Yes. Like, I think Medicare, you can't give away for free. But, so here's the gray area. Okay. What happens when my father-in-law is on Medicare? Mm. And I'm seeing him... But I'm seeing him in practice and I'm doing a medical record and I, oh, did you have to burp because you're drinking a LaCroix while recording a podcast?
1: No, there's no evidence of that.
0: Oh, yeah. Except I called you out. Um, Anyway, so then it's like, okay, but am I allowed to give my immediate family free care even though... He's on met C. This is where it's complicated as F.
1: I mean, you can do anything as long as you don't get caught.
0: Just in case we are counting at this point, Lauren would have said the F-bomb three times in this episode. Uh, but so this is where I'm flowing. Ooh, It's messy. Yes. And this is why you're going to get different answers. So in our clinic, my immediate family gets free care. Like, oh, no,
1: this was a setup. The caps are coming for you.
0: <laughs> I do not charge my husband for care. Well, he's adjusted in my clinic. Um, I do not charge my mother or my sister or my sister-in-law or my nieces. Doesn't happen. I also don't charge my employees or their immediate family. Um, okay. The insurance cops or not the insurance cops, but the accounting cops are coming. I also barter the shit out of myself. I get haircuts, clothing, nails,
1: I'm cut coffee.
0: All this you are not, are you? <laughs> No. Um I mean I've gotten pavement I I if it can be bartered let Screw it happen you
1: IRS. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just kidding. We love you. We love you.
0: Uh, I was joking. So, you know, then I, so then I have like, so you got your, like your free family care where you're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even do a medical note for you, let alone think about charging you. Then you've got the like, Hey, you got a thing. I got a thing. Now I would say in all of our situations, go hard, easy versus easy, hard. Uh, easy heart is just like, ha, I don't want to talk about money. Um, and you're just like, sure, I'll give you care if you mow my lawn. Uh, my experience is that like bartering situations can go on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that each person doesn't feel taken advantage of at all and on both and
1: and of like the wisconsin nice thing too if someone is deeply indebted to us they will get very uncomfortable too Mm -hmm. like if they're getting more than they should i think people get like oh this doesn't feel right i feel like i should owe you a thousand dollars and i've only done two hundred dollars of stuff for you i don't like this
0: yeah so you can do the like "Eh, just as needed type thing but whatever um but make sure you have i would just say like if you're going to enter a barter have those conversations like now i clearly say I
1: am not interested in counting dollar
0: for dollar. Like so,
1: I love how tangential this episode already is. We're, g- we're off on like she's already. talking
0: about how to... I say it's
1: helping people, get people. We're getting there. We're getting to,
0: to the nonprofit. That. Okay. So then you've got your hardship. Okay. So we're these three layers. I get you. All right. I don't know legally what you're supposed to do for hardship. I've heard rumors that like the patient is supposed to prove. That they are like economically.
1: No, oh, like they lost They're their in a poverty
0: already. line. Ask me how many times I've done that.
1: How many times have you done Zero. It? I've done it oh. zero times. Just in case you're wondering.
0: I have never, I think I've created the form because I was like, oh, okay. So blah, blah, blah. I'm going to ask them to prove to me you're poor as fuck. Guess, ugh, came out, came out.
1: Poor as freak. Okay. Poor
0: as freak. <laughs> Um, but okay. At this point, you're going to lose the patient. Like if you are really, let's be honest, like, no, no, I'm not gonna, I don't. mm.
1: Yeah. And, and if you felt like someone was taking advantage of you, I don't, I don't think we've ever really come across that.
0: Um, no, if anything. So what's really, what I love is that this episode is following Rachel Whaley's episode Mm. last week where she talks about the box on the wall. So like, you know, I have had since recording that episode, I have had two scenarios with a family that I know loves care, loves chiropractic, Mm -hmm. wants to come weekly. Weekly is my love language. Anybody who's like, I value chiropractic so much that I want to get adjusted weekly for the rest of my life. I'm like, you and I are just became best friends. Um, So I've had two scenarios where a family has gone out to every other and is like, and I'm like, you kind of suck at this. Are you sure you don't like weekly? And they're like, we do love weekly, but you know, and we, I just said like, okay, what can you afford? What can you afford Mm -hmm. in a month? And I kind of had in my mind a number that they, like, if they came back (laughs) below, I would be like, okay, you know, it costs me about this much with overhead to give an adjustment. Um, so then I kind of had my mind like, but they came back above what I thought my low was. And I was like, sounds good. Yeah. And yeah, we, you know, we just move forward. Now, did, was that legal? I actually don't, I don't know because you've got box on the wall Yeah. It? I think
1: because we're a cash clinic, you know, when you talk about mm. what's legal, mm-hmm. I think so much of that is based on what contracts you've signed with other people. And yeah. since we have pretty much no contracts with anyone Yeah, I think our wiggle room is is a lot broader than a lot of people.
0: And I would assume and as we're going to actually get into the nonprofit aspect, I think if you had a system that proved you didn't stereotype, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's going to give you the most protection of like, I think that's where a lot of the laws besides the insurance laws come into play with this of like, why? Denying free, like if you're giving free care somewhere, like yeah, you not getting like yourself into a pickle pricing. where somebody's gonna yeah. be like, You're not giving me free care because I'm Native American. You're yeah. not giving me free care because mm. I'm.
1: Yeah, and I think if you have a standard that most people pay and you make, ex- I think you can usually discount with exceptions. I think some of the discriminatory pricing comes when you have a normal price and you would venture to charge someone more. Mm. Um, oh, I would love to do that. Because you didn't to want to see, see them. That. Um, but I, I, think, I think you have pretty good discretionary ability with your discounts. Yeah. I'd love to
0: be like, for my normal price, 45 For you, John,
1: 80 Because you the old and cranky.
0: Okay. So let's get into, so, and I would argue to say that the last 15 minutes of me going through all of this is helpful. Sure. Now we can get into the nonprofit aspect. People were going to be wondering this whole time, because as you talk through all the bullshit of creating a nonprofit that might wanted to tear my hair out because I was like, this is stupid and why can't I just do this for free? Like there's layers. Yep.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you can help people at your discretion. Um, the one thing and this kind of gets into why one of the reasons why we wanted to start a nonprofit was, um, if we were electively going, okay, this family needs care, we're going to give it to them. And our employees love that and they love how generous we are. But at the same time, if we got on to where it was like three or four families that are receiving free care, and then we get to the end of a two-week period or a month period and we go like, oh, we missed our revenue goal by $4,000. And they go, You gave away $4,000. And some
0: clinics, what they do to bypass this um, is they just have a certain number of families or people that are allowed to be on hardship during any given time. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's another way that you can do that. You can just say.
1: Yep. Um, So that was one aspect of it is we didn't want that weird uh, juxtaposition of incentives for our employees and ourselves and helping people. Uh, Another thing was we knew that we wanted to... Be able to get involved and give back to our community in the long term. Mm-hmm. So if if it's just about giving away care, we could potentially do that. Have conversations with our employees. But if we wanted to do something like um, help out in the foster care system, by you know one project that we've talked about is renovating the room where foster families get to like get together when they're there for court cases or whatever. They have a room where they can go sit but it's terrible. It's old furniture. There's no toys. Um, That's a project we've talked about. We've talked about wanting to build playgrounds. Uh, When you do bigger things like that, if you can't fund it completely yourself, it's really hard to get donations in from other businesses or individuals. If you're just going, Blue Hills Chiropractic wants to do this. They're like, good for you. Do it then. (laughs) Yeah. But if you say, you know, this nonprofit wants to do this and your donation is tax deductible, then we would be able to rally more money, more resources, possibly get grants, stuff like that to help kids in our area in a bigger way beyond just Care-Brand.
0: Um And we do our Christmas thing through there.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, and so, yeah, so we raise money for local nonprofits through our Christmas tree walk where businesses sponsor a tree and then people vote on the best tree and then the, the best uh, tree gets money but for businesses... the nonprofits.
0: So here's kind of the like we could just do that through our business, but other area businesses are writing a check to like you know basically they should be able to get a tax incentive for like writing to a nonprofit. So like yeah, some of
1: them insist on it. Honestly, accounting wise, they could just call it marketing and advertising, and it would be just as deductible. But some places like banks, well, and we're talking about
0: small amounts of money. If we started asking. A business to donate a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to a big project, they are going to want to be able to write that check to a nonprofit. Yes. Kind of like what you're saying.
1: Yep. So. Yep. Um, So where do you want to? Do you want to get into the nitty gritty of yep. how to create a nonprofit? Yep. Okay. So this is something that you're going to want to look up um, for your local state and make sure. But I can walk you through the steps really quick of what we did. Um, so first is getting your, we'll talk about how to assemble a board later, but let's assume you have your board members, you have all their addresses, you have the name you picked out, you have your general mission statement picked out. Um, so first you need to submit to your state to become what's called a non-stock corporation. So it's not an LLC, it has no ownership, but it has board members. Um, you, for that, you, you're going to submit what's called articles of organization. And in Wisconsin, at least you can do that online. You basically just fill out a form through multiple pages of who your members are, what's the purpose of your business. Are members
0: the same as board, board yeah, members? Yeah, board
1: members. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, your name, address, all that stuff. Um, you're also going to need to draft bylaws, and there'll be specific stuff in those bylaws that you want from the beginning so that later you can apply for nonprofit status.
0: So, I'm not applying for nonprofit status right now?
1: Not right away because you need to have an organization that has a tax ID to then say for this tax ID, can you please make it nonprofit? So you establish organization with your state. Like 50
0: people right now are like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Honestly,
1: all this stuff can be done online and you can, you can Google this stuff and there's, there's great, there's great articles. Um, If you aren't business inclined or a paperwork junkie, you can, you can hire an attorney to do all of this. Mm -hmm. Like this is, you know I, I think you can probably even do this through um like legal zoom or rocket lawyer or whatever too i think they have like step-by-step yeah. processes it's just going to cost you more i had done stuff like this before so yeah. so i just took care of it um so you have your articles of organization that you go through with your state your bylaws are how your company is structured so this is like how many board members you're going to have what are your voting rules big things for eventually getting nonprofit status is your conflict of interest policy, which is, I think the root of her question. Um, so you need to have a conflict of interest policy of what is defined, what defines a conflict of interest, like financial interest and what you do in that situation. So if it is something where, you know, the nonprofit was going to pay Blue Hills Chiropractic for services we're doing for kids who are helping, you and I can't vote on that. If one of our employees was on the board, they couldn't vote out on that either because they have a direct financial thing. It does say in our bylaws that we can make a presentation to the board, but then we have to exit for all discussion and voting. So we're not allowed to vote on those things. That helps. Um, the other thing the IRS is going to want is how what happens to the funds if the organization is dissolved. So you can't make a nonprofit. Pile $100,000 into it all tax free and then go, oh, we're folding. The money goes to Lauren. It has to go to, it has to say, like, in the event of a dissolution, all funds will be dispersed to a certified 5013 c nonprofit. So it has to go to another nonprofit there. Um, enough about bylaws. Um, so then, once you have your state organization, you get uh, EIN from the IRS, it's like a social security mm-hmm. number for your business. Then when you have all, all of that, then you need to file for 501c3 status, and I believe you can do that online too through the IRS. Um, they'll be the ones who really want to look at your bylaws, make sure they have all those clauses in there, you know, the dissolution, the conflict of interest, um, and then they will give you approval and they'll remind you that you have to file, one, your annual report for your state saying we're still an organization, here's an update of our board members and where they live, just for record keeping. And then you need to do something as long as you make less than $50,000 in donations. It's a super simple process saying we're still open. We did not meet the $50,000 threshold. We're good. It's a 990 and you do it online. If you make over $50,000 a year in donations, then you probably need an accountant involved for filing your nonprofit taxes. Okay. So, um, and I, oh, and then go to your bank with your EIN and your articles of organization and your bylaws to establish a bank account. The and I think you
0: can use the bylaws too. Mm-hmm,
1: they need to make sure you're an official organization and you need to have it spelled out who's allowed to, usually in your bylaws or in your handbook, you have spelled out like who can sign checks. Um, so that person needs to be present with ID and they can establish a bank account. Simple. So simple. Okay.
0: Well, that sounds terrible. Um, so getting a board.
1: Do you want to, yeah. So we can do getting a board or we can dig right into the, yeah, let's do getting a board. We'll, we'll save the conflict of interest thing for a little bit. Um, so in terms of getting a board, you can have whoever you want. I mean, you can, but
0: thinking about the fact that I have to have a conflict of interest statement, I can foresee, I wouldn't necessarily want to have just a bunch of people with the last name Brunswick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be potentially red flaggy. Um, so, yeah, so so when I thought about getting a board, I thought about, like, what is your ideal board? Like, who would you want to construct a board of who would help the organization? Um, so, obviously, you want to have people close to the issue who are passionate, which usually is you. If you have another person who is, you know, a chiropractor, or depending on what you want to do, Someone who's just interested in the same thing. So if it's a kids nonprofit, maybe you have someone who works in childcare or works in child health. Um, the more functional side of the board is: it's always good if you can find a lawyer and/or accountant. Mm-hmm. The people who, when the board gets in trouble or doesn't know what's going on or doesn't want to break any rules, you get their work for free because they're on the board.
0: And these people are asked
1: all the time. All the time, I am sure every lawyer has been asked to be on 20 boards so like it'd be nice to get some free legal advice Um,
0: i'm assuming just to connect statements or like the i'm assuming it would not be a good idea to offer your lawyer patient free care for being on your board this just has a cnn headline written all over it
1: just don't tell anyone
0: oh I don't know. No, see, this is where I would draw the line of like, because if I'm at if I'm in trouble at a point where they're starting to look at my relationships and my board.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're you're in it then. No, so so no, you should. Yeah, wherever you can, especially with your nonprofit, because other people's money might be coming into this. You want the lines as clean as possible. You want the rules as clean as possible, because the worst thing that you could have is someone writing you a big check and then doubting your organization mm-hmm. and tarnishing the name of the organization and all the people involved, which especially for us in a small town, it that would be a big deal if people thought somehow we were shysters and it not only hurt us, but the the relationships of the people who are on our board.
0: I mean, I saw all the things that Marty and Wendy Bird had to go through and it seemed Yeah. It seemed a lot.
1: Yeah. Well I mean that's why we aren't we aren't taking any money from the Navarro cartel, even though they've tried to donate to us. Yeah,
0: they've tried the Navarro and then and uh the, Crack too, right? Or is that who is the other person in there? They weren't just. Oh, it was all cocaine in Ozarks.
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, yeah, I all really kinds of drugs. What crack I, is, but it's okay. You can go there. No, it's okay. Um, okay, so other kinds of board members. It's always good to have someone um, with preferably nonprofit experience and specifically fundraising experience. If you do want to get bigger, if you want to get donations from people, there's a whole world of nonprofit fundraising that if you aren't in it, if you haven't done it before, you would just be surprised. Running events, uh, getting donations from people's estates or trusts, um, having anonymous donors, how you launch a funding campaign, how you announce what the goals are, you know, like there's so many things that as mm-hmm. we've worked with nonprofits and your role as a board member on one, you just kind of go like, oh, wow, I, I never thought of that. Um, so someone with that experience really helps. And usually that person, um, is not always, but often if they're in your town and they're familiar with fundraising, they're also kind of a local influencer or someone who has those relationships.
0: I want to be an influencer.
1: I know you do, but you were on the board of a nonprofit and you quit.
0: Well, it's because I was busy. I know. I want to get back on it. Anyways.
1: But usually this person knows, you know, what other events are going on, when to ask people for money, when to throw events, because they know like, well, you don't do this first week in May because that's when the Boys and Girls Club always does this. Mm -hmm. And then people are kind of tapped out. So you should wait until August. But then these people do have money, but not many people know they have money. So like they would be perfect for this. Um, having that kind of behind the scenes action person is, is really helpful. Um. And then, other than that, you just want to have a filled-out board that is large enough that you can still take action when there is conflict of interest, and small enough that it's not—so that it's possible to still get a quorum, so that you have enough people at meetings to get stuff done. So, like—
0: Sounds exhausting. Why did we do this?
1: Well, because we wanted to help kids. Yeah, I get it. So, I think for ours— Uh, We do have to refill one seat, but I I think our original setup was was five or seven? Mm -hmm. Five?
0: Five plus us.
1: Five plus us. So seven total, so that if we did have a thing where we were voting on paying for care for a kid, you and I could recuse ourselves. There would still be an odd number of people to vote yes, no. So it would come to a decision. And it wasn't so many people that we couldn't get them together. Mm -hmm. We could have had a 13 person board but then we would needed, you know, at least seven there yep. to take any action. So, so that's how we set up our board, and I think it's generally a good way to do it. We've been on a couple of boards, and that's usually the playbook I've seen.
0: Okay, so I still like. Okay, we still need to talk about conflict of interest, but like, I get. So if somebody's going like, I'm going to get other people to donate money to this, mm-hmm. then yes, this mm-hmm. is what you need to do. Yep. Grant money involved, but like, is somebody is just planning on, like, if this is just comes down to about giving care to people who can't cover?
1: This might be more work than it's worth. Yeah. Of like, especially when we get to this next part. If you live in a city, this is not going to be. I don't want to call it a loophole because it's just honestly what we know is right for the kids but like this could be seen as a loophole in a small town but if you live in a big city this one's going to close the door for you because you're going to be giving away money to your competition if you don't mind that
0: yeah okay
1: so so we knew one of the biggest things we wanted to do was to offer free care to families truly in need but we needed to narrow the scope a little bit.
0: Yep. And it was like, not just all families in need. It was like children with that are like in the foster care program and suffering symptoms of ADHD, anxiety, depression, oppositional defiant disorder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we knew that was the, the population we wanted to help for sure. But the scope of our nonprofit is slightly wider than that is to help kids in that situation in all situations. But one of the ways we can help is chiropractic care. Um, so within that, the big question, the question. is Because
0: we wanted to be able to like do a park and like, so like we didn't want to keep things so specific that it was just chiropractic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we knew that we were the only place around that was truly set up to help these kids. There's not another pediatric specialist for 60 miles. Um, So, so we knew within our board, what we could do is in the process of helping these kids, we set up a process of we would evaluate the kids, we would recommend or send them to anyone who is certified within pediatrics, who has advanced training, and we would consider within Barron County, within Barron County, and we would Send them there and pay for it as a nonprofit. Now, for us, we were the only ones who met those criteria. And those criteria weren't insane.
0: And I will note that so, like, as the donators, so like Lauren and Kirby Brunslick, as we are donating our money to the nonprofit, we as donators can say, this is only for Blue Hills Chiropractic Use. This yep. is if we got a $50,000 grant or, you know, like if we got.
1: Well, we couldn't say it's for Blue Hills Chiropractic Use. We could say it's for chiropractic. You still couldn't care. do that?
0: No. Nope. As a donator, you can't be like, I only want my money to be used on this, but.
1: You can, you can say it is for buckets or for a certain project. You can't put strings on it that have a conflict of interest.
0: <sighs> stupid.
1: This, I mean, there's a lot of legal stuff here. There's a lot of tax implications. Don't do so, this.
0: Just don't do it.
1: So so for us, since there weren't any other specialists in town, when we came across a case, we would identify a case. We would have them fill out a form.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We would then submit that form along with an uh, idea of what care might cost at a qualified chiropractor. We're the only ones. Then our board would have discussion without us and vote on the case. Then after that, we would give a follow-up report to the board on how CARE went and how things were going. Mm -hmm. So that's generally how it worked for us. But say we set up this same thing in Dallas. And you set up your whole board. You're donating your own money to fund it initially because you don't have outside donors. You donate $20,000 a year, but you kind of go... I think most of that's going to come back to me because I'm going to be the one doing the care. Um, But you have the exact same rules that we do. We will consider every case and we will send them to a qualified chiropractor who is certified in pediatrics and has specialized training. And if your board is doing their duty, they would need to basically take bids from other qualified care providers.
0: I would create a loophole and I think you would too. But like I would create, so if I was like in Dallas and I'd be like, the hell I am using my donation dollars to pay for someone to get care at another chiropractor, even if they're like pediatrically trained, Um, I would be like, and in addition to pediatrically trained, they also have to be a member of this club and I would make a club.
1: You are going to get arrested. (laughs)
0: I would make some additional like club or like and or you just need to be certified from this training and it would be a training
1: that well think think about it this way what if what if in working with other chiropractors in your area who have similar training who obviously have the same yeah, interest it, you then could I mean heck you could get them to push donations to your nonprofit and yes together, when you're as talking about
0: big amounts of money like. If, if there was a hundred thousand dollar donation to get kids, the care they need from Mm -hmm. a trained pediatric chiropractor, I wouldn't. And that's where I think you reminded me of like, I wouldn't be like, no, I get all the money. I'd be like, hell yeah. Let's get some kids under care. Let's just make sure that they are properly trained. Cause I don't,
1: you don't want to just send them to any,
0: yeah. No, I would want to make sure they're doing care plans and like, but yeah, no, then I would be generous and be like, no, I don't care. Yeah, But if it was my hundred thousand dollars.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's the thing of like, but
0: if I was really rich and I was like, then you just
1: want to grow. Yeah. You want to grow the profession. You want to grow awareness. You want to. Yeah. So, so that's Mm -hmm. kind of a caveat too, Mm -hmm. of. This is how we set it up, and this is how things have been running. But it's, we we were starting to move into things outside of chiropractic care and getting ready to ask outside people for money. Um, but then the pandemic happened, and like and the then
0: Lauren went into a burnout spiral so deep she's not out of it yet. Yeah, she started a podcast. Of- And that
1: was before this, but yeah. So the the whole, the whole like foster care room thing, we need to start revisiting now that people are starting to come out, but like they weren't using that. Nothing was done at the courthouse for two years. So that project got put to the side right as we were about to go. What's our budget? Who can we ask for donations and start to involve other people's money and, and bring all that together and get grants. Um, Everything kind of got shut down. So we're about to come out of the cocoon, and hopefully start doing more stuff again, but we don't have all the knowledge because we haven't experienced it yet. So we kind of have just beginner knowledge of the only people who funded our nonprofit are us and Amazon Smile Donations so far. So and a bank. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the people through the Christmas tree walk yep. have have helped. So um so yeah. So I mean that's how that's how we kind of quote unquote got around that. Um, And it happened to be in a small town in a small county that worked for us. Um, And like you said, if it is truly just about how do I give away care, depending on your insurance rules, maybe I'll just do that now that you've heard.
0: I mean, I talked to a chiropractor in Wisconsin who is a network and he's got a nonprofit for a very specific group. And it's basically like he just has it laid out of like who qualifies and who doesn't. And they just get free care. I don't think he has a board. I, I think he's got a name. Yeah, I know. So I'm not saying his name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could see my face, I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah. Don't say his name because I I don't know if that's legal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a ton of chiropractors doing. And here's the thing is like we just went through a whole thing that sounds like a pain in the ass. And who knows? We we probably have something that if somebody's under the law, they're like, oh, technically, So it's like, yeah, there's probably a lot of people doing illegal stuff and it all comes down to like, well, who's, who's going to sue you? You know, the IRS is probably your number one. Yeah.
1: And And I think those things usually come with more money and with mishandling money or where it goes like a lot of money's changing hands here. And as the IRS, we're not getting our money with ours. It's a bit of a loop that the money is being taxed because we give it away tax free to the organization, but then it's paid to blue those chiropractic where it's taxed like as income. So, yeah. so we're not, we're not actually avoiding any real taxes ourselves, but we needed to have this thing set up so that in the future we could expand beyond chiropractic, do more things in the community, potentially get grants because there's a lot of grants that even as like there's grants for women owned small mm-hmm. businesses, but there's a separate world of grants for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Yep. Now that we're getting Get that our feet money. back under us, we can hopefully start looking at some of that stuff. But I
0: wonder which one of us that's gonna fall under mm. for grants.
1: Yeah. Mm. I wonder.
0: Mm. Not me. I'm the talent. All right. I think we did a very mediocre to decent job of answering Donnie Beth's question. Yeah. If you would like us to do a mediocre job of answering your question, potentially one year later than you even send it in feel free to submit questions at podcastcom
1: And if you have, if anyone knows of a entertaining and fun nonprofit lawyer and or accountant who would love to come in and do a follow-up episode on all the things Kirby doesn't know, Blech. and he's an idiot, have them come in. Lauren will be bored by them too. You know.
0: I'll be like, Ugh. it's all right. It's all right. So, Hopefully this helps. I know like some episodes are just really nice that you get to like wrap up in a little bow and be yeah. like, there you go. I fixed it. This one sounds, you know, like, yeah, you got more work than you possibly thought was needed or necessary. And maybe you're like, I can do this. And maybe you're like, I'm not doing that. But that's OK. We've had four or five people ask about nonprofits. So yeah, now well, we've given hopefully my two Hopefully this helps
1: steps. and at least they have a, a framework to think through and go, what do I actually want because mm-hmm. if it is just about discounting care i think you can just discount care check your insurance rules but if you yeah. like want to do something bigger want to do something Again, different go. if you
0: haven't listened to the rachel whaley episode from last week go back and listen to that like she's discounting like a
1: mofo yep whatever you want Mo Baby freak <laughs> a mofer
0: <laughs> all right she slayers until next week bye bye